Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker, Dennis Kozloff. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. I come originally, I was born and raised in Russia, so we don't have Mother's Day in Russia, so it's something new that I had to, to get used to. But I like it. I like it very much. So I did a little cultural study, and I read that the Mother's Day is a celebration honoring the mother of the family, as well as motherhood, maternal bonds, and the influence of mothers in society. I, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a wonderful thing that American culture, American uh, culture, uh, I know in Canada they celebrate the same thing. So it gives us also a reason to talk about the motherhood. That's what's my intention today. It gives me a reason to look at the motherhood biblically and theologically. Let's start with, uh, with the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. It speaks of the very beginning, how things were at the very outset. And here we read, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, listen to that, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. That's an interesting passage because it speaks of an of a image of God as one singular thing, singular entity, image of God, something that reflects, that expresses God. Yet he says, He did that. He created something to be the image of Him. He created them, male and female. And it immediately catches my attention. So I want to propose to you a theological uh, statement that God is expressed in His image, which is mankind. And the complete image of God consists of two halves, if you will, male and female, man and A man and a woman, a husband and a wife, a father and a mother. If you only have one half, the image is incomplete and you will end up with distorted perception. Actually, the wonderful, wonderful illustration of what the distorted perception of God is, is the parable of the prodigal son. I'm not going to get into details of that, but you can see that these two guys, two sons in that parable, had the most wonderful, the most amazing father ever, and they could not see it. And because they could not see it, they could not experience his loving, nurturing nature. They missed the motherly side of God. So... I know that for some people it might sound something like uh, something uh, almost contradictory, but just bear with me and you will understand what I'm trying to say. So we know that, I mean, it's obvious that men and women are different, drastically different, anatomically, psychologically, mentally. Tons of books have been written about it. I mean, just the, the, the title that comes to mind, Men from... Uh, Mars and women are from Venice or something like that. Like they're from two different worlds, like two almost two different species. Yet, only when these two reach this unity and all, even oneness, harmonious oneness in their relationship, only then we can come to see the complete and full expression 
of what the Bible calls the image of God. I understand that in specific circumstances, specific people never get to experience, some of them never get to experience the motherhood. And like Wes and I, we were talking about this uh, before we started recording, how some people, you know, it, it, it makes it hard for them to be in the middle of the celebration of motherhood during the Mother's Day because they try hard to have kids and they never succeed at that. But let me bring you back to the very beginning. So I would say that even if a woman never had a child, she is created to be a mother. So she is, in a sense, she is a mother. Yet she might never fully realize that gift, but that gift is there. Just like a father uh, is like, or, or a man might not become a father, yet by nature, by certain, by, by hardware, so to speak, he is a fatherly figure. He can be a leader. He can be the one who shows the goals and purposes and inspires to reach out, to extend, to expand, to, to, to fight, to struggle, and to overcome. Just like the mother, any woman, I believe, she is a mother within her. I, I hope I made my point clear. So, uh, we, this is my claim today, that we need to know God in a full and complete way. As our Father, but it's as important for us to really know Him as our Mother. I don't mean that we need to introduce a new title to God to address like we address God as the Father God. Uh, I'm not saying we should say the Mother God. No, but let us try to see what is the fundamental quality that makes a woman a mother different from a man or a father that we so desperately need to experience in God. And I believe it can be uh, expressed in one word, comfort. So today, I want to talk about the comfort of God and how vitally important it is for us. So, you know, every time I, I preach... I, I try to be careful and I look up words, definitions in English because English is not my native language. So I looked up a definition for the word comfort and it says that to comfort someone means to ease the grief or distress of something, to console, to improve the mood or restore a sense of well-being. Let me tell you something. While we're still on this side of Eternity, we will never graduate from needing to be comforted on the regular basis. It will never happen. Jesus said to his disciples and to, to us all that he will not leave us as orphans. And listen to that. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send you another comforter. He's speaking of the Holy Spirit, but he gives him a very specific Description. He points out to his fundamental quality or characteristic. He calls him a comforter. And actually, I heard so many times that translators had a hard time finding an adequate word to translate this word because this word is multifaceted. It can be translated as an advocate, as a comforter, as a helper. But you got the idea. You're doing something. 
you have difficulties doing it, you have distress, you have pain sometimes. I mean, you're engaged in a warfare and you have separate battles and some battles you win, some battles you win, but at such cost that you barely make it back home and you're destroyed almost and you need restoration and there is someone who provides, who supplies you with, with this comfort, with this restoration, with ability to be restored. And I claim today in this message that this is the main characteristic of a mother. And that's what we celebrate and that's what we desperately need to experience in God. You know, we get wounded, as I said. And I don't have to say that. You know that. You know, we live, we try to act like we're happy all the time. We try to act like we're like above it all. But we're not. We get engaged in all kinds of happenings and events. And sometimes we get wounded. We get tired. We get exhausted, distressed, grieved. <clears throat> and in those moments, we desperately need to be comforted by God. Sometimes we end up in those bad situations because of our own foolishness. Nevertheless, and we might need a correction from God. We, we might need exhortation from God. But let me tell you something. In most cases, we're not even able to receive those things from God until we are comforted. We need to be soothed, pacified, calmed down. Restored. God's comfort, let me reiterate it one more time, is a very motherly way of dealing with us. And He wants us to learn to receive this side of Him, and He wants us to learn to minister this side of Him to other people. And that's what I'm trying to tell you today. I hope you, you get this point. And again, I, I already mentioned the prodigal son parable, and you all read it. And if you haven't read it, uh, read it today maybe. It's chapter 15 in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke. And there are two sons, and there is a father. For some reason, in this parable, mother is nowhere to be found. She's not even mentioned. So we don't know the story. Maybe it's a widowed uh, father. Just she's not in the picture somehow. And these two guys, they grow up with a twisted perception of their dad. All they see is the owner of a family business and they work hard in this family business. But this constantly, you know, every time you work, every time you're engaged in anything significant, on this side of eternity, one more time I'll say, you, you constantly get hit by stuff, by circumstances. You, you get frustrated, you get offended, you get wounded, and it accumulates and it builds up. So the only way to get rid of that stuff and to come with all of that and discharge it all in the presence of someone who loves you and accepts you unconditionally. And that's usually is a role of a mother. And our God has this side of him in his very nature. That's, that's the point I'm trying to uh, get across. So these two guys have grown somehow being deprived of that. At a certain point, I don't know, maybe they lost their mom. But somehow their father has been fully capable of providing the side of, of, of a motherly unconditional love, yet they, they never learned to receive it from him. And ultimately, they gave up. They lost it. First, the younger son did it. He couldn't bear it no longer. And he thought, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm quitting. And the 
older son had a stiffer upper lip, so he sucked it up like he believed his dad expected him to. And he kept on working. But he lost it too. <laughs> he lost it too when he saw this amazing love of the father lavished upon this younger brother of his that in his eyes totally blew it. He didn't deserve a shred, a, a fraction of a fraction of this love. Yet his father fully lavished this love upon this younger son who wasted the resources and he lost it. He lost it. And he said, Dad, I'm, I'm suffering through this life, working for you. And you never gave me any enjoyment of a family relationship. And his dad said, Son, I was there and I was willing to provide the full extent of this family enjoyment. Because I love you as my son. I do not love you as someone who runs my business effectively for me. I do not love you as someone who does things well. I do not love you as someone who has to deserve my love and affection. You have my love and affection. And with my love and affection, you have everything I have. You have me. You have my life. You own it, just like I do. And that was a discovery. And this is the discovery that every single one of us need to make in our life. If we don't make this discovery of unconditional motherly love that our God has for us, we will not do well in this life. We will not be able to accomplish what God created us for. Many people grow in dysfunctional families. And their fathers led them to believe that to be accepted and affirmed by them, they need to deserve it by some kind of a merit. And they try hard just to, to be established in the sense that they are never good enough. They're never good enough. And I'm telling you, those are broken people that desperately need to experience the comfort of God. Yes, I'm not saying we should be all fluffy and feminine all the time and gentle and soft. There is a room and time in this world for trying hard, for giving an extra effort, for planning and executing and failing sometimes and succeeding and celebrating the success. But there should be an ultimate truth established in every Christian's life. And that truth is your indispensable value and the unconditional love by which you're loved in God. Not because you have done anything or something or hasn't done anything or failed to do something, but because you belong. You belong to the family of God. You're one of the children of God, born of God. You are my son. You are my child. These are the words of God that we need to hear directly from him and believe in that. And only this will give us a strength to go through this life and fight anything that we need to fight. And overcome and sometimes fail and be restored again. <clears throat> but practically speaking, it's done when we bring our pain. When we bring our afflictions to God. Fully expecting him to be comforted by him. Maybe then we'll receive a correction. Maybe then we'll receive exhortation. That's all right. 
as long as I know I am his and he is mine. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I hope I made my point clear. And I'm wrapping it up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read a couple of verses for you. So my point is, if you haven't learned it, you and I, we should learn to be comforted, soothed, restored by God as a loving mother. And we should become like loving mothers to others. We, we cannot always be these inspirational speakers or coaches. We should be on a regular basis. We should learn to become mothers to other people. Whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. Every once in a while, you need to express the sight of God. In Isaiah 66, verse 13, he says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, says God. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. God speaks to his people. How do you specifically do that? Psalm 131 Verses 1 and 2 speaks of that condition. When you're hurt, when you have an affliction of some sort, you have grief, you come to God. And here's how David did it. He said, Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calm and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. This is what you need to learn to do. It doesn't matter how many, how old are you. You might be like 60 years old. You're still, your soul is a child, is a little baby, like a weaned child. And every time you experience pain, you need to bring this little baby and place him in God's loving, motherly loving arms. And God is going to soothe you, your soul, He's going to restore your well-being. He's going to restore you. That's the whole thing about restoration. And then when you're restored, you're ready to go back into this world and fight. And experience God as a leader, as a general, as a fighter, as a coach, whatever. But every time you get knocked off your horse, you go, you run to your mom. I'm not ashamed to be a mother's boy. You should never be ashamed to be a mother's boy or a mother's girl. Christianity is being a mother's boy. Is being a, father, a mother's uh, a mother's girl. So if we don't learn that, we will become one of two brothers from the parable of a prodigal son. Either a religious zealot working hard and being very angry within, just suppressing this anger, or being a loose cannon of a guy, a apostate, who once believed something and then he said, you know, it's not working. We don't want those to be, we don't want to be those people. We don't want our heart to grow hard and cold. And the only way for a heart to be guarded as gentle and receptive and sensitive to God is to constantly, constantly, on a regular basis, to be comforted by God, to experience this motherly side of God. And uh, as an expression of ministry to others, I'm going to read uh, as a conclusion these two passages of Scripture. Second Thessalonians 2, 5, uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, and 2 Corinthians. So, 2 Thessalonians, Paul speaks of how they entered with the gospel to, to this place, to the city of Thessalonica, and how they established the church, and how he was dealing with people there. Listen to that. He says, For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pre pretext for greed. God is witness. 
nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. So Paul knew his status in God. He knew his position as a minister of God. He knew his legitimate right to claim certain things, but he put them aside. And listen how he chose to approach these people. We were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. Because you had become very dear to us. That's a very motherly attitude for an apostle of Gentiles. And in the book of Second Corinthians, he, he uh, kind of gives a resume how his ministry is done. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Every time an affliction comes to your life, this is your chance to experience a comfort of God. God's comfort. You know what happens when you're hurt and you bring it to God and you receive God's consolation? It not only, it not only restores you, but it also deposits something into your very being. And it remains with you after you come out of that. And this deposit of God's caring and nurturing nature enables you to minister that to other people. So let's, let's pray and I want to tell to those of you who have never experienced that, that it comes only to those who became members of God's eternal family. Jesus said that he has come to his own and his own did not receive him. But those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Only the children of God can have access to God as their father and to God as their mother. You understand, I hope, what I mean after this message. So let's pray. And uh, I pray for those of you who have never received Jesus to become a member of his family. You need to do it today. Father, we come to you right now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for every single person who heard this message. And I pray for them to be able to experience this side of you uh, as, as someone who loves us unconditionally, eternally, without expecting us to deserve anything but just lavishly pouring this love upon us father help us to come to know you in such a way and father i also pray for those people who have never invited you in their life to do it today father i pray even after this this message they would come to you and they would ask you to come into the heart and they would confess you as their lord and savior in jesus name i pray amen Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.